Retro Hangover is supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We'd especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Stussel Smash the Milkman, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Mass Keaton, Andrew Laguori, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog, Thunderdome Gaming Society, Disc Chimera, Jenny E, Rick Firestone, Parallax Puddles, Keith Gasper, Dave Jackson, Eric Guess, Kayla Jackson, Nomad from the Retro Wildlands Podcast, Ash Events, and Alan Bingham. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. To the flight, a consumable curation of champions and catastrophes that is considerate of your chronometer. Hello, everyone. It's me, Chris, and I have found sexy. That's what I'm here to tell you. That's why my voice is so much lower. Mm. That's all. My balls just got massive in the past week. <laughs> I don't know where I found them. I'd... But speaking <laughs> of balls, Shane yes. Dick Dragon Koski is here as well. Oh, hey, how are you doing, Shane? I. Uh... I'm I'm doing all right. I'm concerned that there may be a, an actual medical issue going on, but you know, it's a nice side benefit though. My wife calls it the biggest disappointment. <laughs> Just because your, it your, could have been yeah, your big balls. it could have been natural, but but I'm probably dying. Ah, yeah, it's elephantitis. Yes. Gets the best. Going to get us. that wheelbarrow like in South Park. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, at least you can bounce around on them. It's a, it's a mode of travel at that point. It's like a pogo balls. <laughs> That's what I want in life. I just want to run around on my balls like like a beanbag kangaroo. There you go. Love it. I don't even know where to go from here on that. <laughs> I don't either. Because uh, I'm, I'm disappointed I couldn't think of anything better to say. Because today we are talking about our biggest gaming disappointments. And this topic was suggested by Stud Still Smash the Milkman. And if you also want to nominate a topic that people can vote on for the flight, just head on over to our Discord, and we have a Top 5 Suggestions channel where you can post what you may want us to talk about. It hasn't gotten super weird yet, but I think, Shane, you've been doing a good job of blocking some of that out. And even when it does get weird, they don't select it, so who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, I keep saying it's only a matter of time, but uh, I don't know. I mean, those those topics are just still hanging out there, just waiting in the wings but it, here we go we got to get into this list before i do any more just weird euphemisms because i think i've worn out the the dick jokes for this episode at least i've 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 worn out that currency it's it's spent mm. so i think shane yes you should start this one out because i've just been such a disappointment on this intro <laughs> so what is what is your number five gaming disappointment number five All right. Well, I, I mean, I, I would imagine that this is just going to get progressively more intense as the list goes on. Um, but I, I'm going to start off with one that uh, 
fortunately I didn't have to experience, but it was nonetheless a pretty big disappointment. And, and that is Deus Ex Invisible War. So, all right, a little bit of, a little bit of backstory on this. So if you're not familiar with it, the original Deus Ex, which by the way, I didn't realize this until I read the Masters of Doom book recently, but part of uh, John Romero's just ongoing, overflowing amount of fucking hubris that he had after he, <laughs> he had all that I success. don't believe you. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Um, <laughs> with, with id Software, uh, outside of Daikatana, although that was kind of related to it because... They created Ion Storm, and one of the happy sort of side effects almost of Ion Storm um, as a development slash publishing house was Deus Ex. Um, it was not going to be like a mainline thing, but they were involved in, I believe, a publishing and pseudo development capacity because they sort of brought uh, some other folks on that were like working on making that. Um, at least we got that because boy, did Daikatana suck and spoilers. That's actually not on my disappointments list because I stayed the fuck away from it. Um, especially after we saw that full page ad about him making everybody his bitch. But anyway, this is not about John Romero. It's about Deus Ex. So the original was, was, and is just a fucking fantastic, incredibly deep and complex, uh, you know, sci-fi character RPG and I, it, I, I will be the first to say that it's got a pretty steep learning curve and it takes a little bit to get used to. It is not necessarily super player friendly right off the get because there's a lot of systems to understand. And it, when I say complex, I do mean that. So uh, it's a little rough to get into it. But once you do, you're in for a treat. And there's a reason that it consistently comes up on top lists because it is that good. And so you follow that up with Invisible War, which, you know, Deus Ex on its own, even though it was successful, was still pretty niche. And so by virtue of that, you had an audience that was, you know, a pretty small but dedicated fan base. Um, especially with a game like this, you know, it's not, it wasn't originally made for, you know, mass adoption. Um, or if that was their intention, they, they certainly didn't nail that because like I said, it, uh, it's a little hostile to get into at the beginning. So then they made this decision to, you know, with the second one, it's like, well, you know what, we're going to focus on this being, uh, not only more, you know, streamlined. So it's, it's more friendly for, for the casuals to get into, uh, but Love casuals, but you know what? It seems like, you know, call of duty and, and games like that are getting popular these days. And, and also the kids, they like the consoles. Cause remember Deus Ex was first and foremost, a PC title. Um, unfortunately, so they basically took Invisible War and took a completely different direction in they, in my opinion, and a lot of folks' opinions, ended up watering down what was Deus Ex and turning it into more like a more standard uh, console FPS with some RPG elements. And it lost a lot of that real deep 
complexity and systems and mechanics and story in favor of just being more of the shooty shooty bang bang. And surprisingly, Invisible War actually got a lot of really good reviews back in the day. But in retrospect, um, it was it was and I think is the lowest point in the whole Deus Ex series um, for these reasons. And a lot of the diehard fans of the first game were supremely disappointed by this. And I was as well. And once I read the reviews about it when it came out, I didn't even touch it because I didn't want anything to do with it. I still have not touched it to this day. Is it like a passable FPS? Probably. It's probably fine. But when you stack it up to something like the original, it's just there's no comparison. Well, it's a good thing I never played Deus Ex then because now I cannot be disappointed. Yeah, there you go. Uh, just so, start with Invisible but, War and then all you can go yeah. is up from there. All, all this is up. Uh, sorry, Keaton. I know you really want me to play that game. Maybe I will someday. I look forward to it. But in the meantime, let me talk about a game that the only reason I think it's number five is because I've done a really good job of erasing it from my memory <laughs> because, uh, oh boy, oh boy, it was bad. Uh, and that is Twisted Metal 3. So I love Twisted Metal 2. It, it I, Probably more back then. I have not played this game in a very long time. So it maybe has aged like shit. But I do remember playing Twisted Metal 2 like all the time as a kid. Like constantly. So you, as you can expect, Twisted Metal 3, when it was coming out, like everyone was excited for it. It had it had fucking White Zombie, or I don't know. He may have been Rob Zombie by the time. What, was Dragula White Zombie or, or Rob Zombie? Dragula was Rob Zombie. Okay, so it was Rob Zombie by this point. So, yeah, like, yeah, Rob Zombie's going to be on the soundtrack. Like, fucking yes! And it's Twisted Metal? Yeah, exciting. Uh, except it wasn't exciting. It was complete garbage. <laughs> it sucked. It was terrible. And it would keep on playing Rob Zombie music, which I think was the saving grace of the entire series. Well, not the series. No, of the game. Because there was nothing good about this. The physics were terrible. The way cars drove, like, again, physics, I guess, was terrible. Just the, the way it was organized, the way it looked, the level design, everything was just was just fucking awful. And the one good, like, one of the great things about Twisted Metal 2, if you like the soundtrack, which I do, is that it's... Redbook audio so you could take the CD you could put it in your CD player and you can listen to it as you're reading like as a middle schooler uh uh what's it called Mateo like the story of some rat knight or something like that in your butterfly chair back in 1996 97 <laughs> there you go there's your throwback so that was that was my comfort food but no I couldn't even get the Rob Zombie fucking soundtrack off that CD to somehow compensate for the mental scarring that it gave me thank god the scarring was so bad I don't remember most of it and that's why it's my number five Right. Because this obviously the way I'm talking about it, it probably is going to be much higher compared to the way I'm talking about a couple of the ones up on the list that are higher because of recency bias. But yeah, fuck Twisted Metal 3. Like as soon as I I, I wasn't even going to put that on the list, I was going to put Street Fighter 3. But then like for some reason, 3 triggered this mechanism of like PTSD in my mind. And then I saw Sweet Tooth and was like, I have to talk about this. So there you go. Um Please don't make me unlock more of this. It's, it's slowly rising. Like already, I'm like, I'm regretting it, putting it number five. So before I say any more, Shane, I got to kick it back over to you. Number four. All right. Well, my number four, actually, I, I didn't even plan this, but my number four is a number four, as it turns out. Uh, it's Fallout 4. 
And uh, man, man, was this fucking disappointing. All right. So, uh, I mean, I, I know that there is a contingency of folks out there that would say that Fallout 3 and everything that's come after has been disappointing because they're the hardcore fans of the first two isometric Fallouts. And, you know, I, I could see that. Um, I'm not one of those people, but uh, I thoroughly enjoyed Fallout 3. I thought what the, the way that they were able to translate the world of Fallout from those first two games into this expansive first-person experience was great. I mean, it was buggy as fuck, but we came to expect that. Not saying that that's an excuse, but it is what it is. Uh, but just the experience was, was just awesome. You know, it was like, it was one of the times where being let loose into this open world actually felt like an adventure and not just a forced collect-a-thon or go from point A to point B. Uh, you know, and then that being followed up with New Vegas, which still to this day in a lot of people's minds is like peak 3D fallout, mostly for the storytelling. And then you go from that, which is arguably a very high point, and then they follow it up with Fallout 4, which I was super psyched about. I had really high expectations, as did a lot of people, and honestly, it just fell real flat. Um, I've still to this day, I have not finished Fallout 4. I can't bring myself to do it. And there are a number of reasons. Some people point to the the weak writing, which I would tend to agree with. It seemed to lack that sort of like undercurrent of humor. I would even go so far as to say like dark humor that was present in 3 and, and especially New Vegas. And uh, also just the the gameplay. Like, it didn't seem like there was much in the way of innovation there, and the things that they did add, I felt, were not net positives. And one thing that stands out in my mind is the fucking, like, building system with the settlers. The settler system is just garbage. It was totally unnecessary. Did I, I, okay, having played Fallout 76, I've come to appreciate the building thing, like I liked building my little fucking outpost in 76. Um, that was fun enough. I still think the first person building is janky as shit, but that part's okay. And if it had been just that in fallout four, I think I would have been all right with it. Like it would have been like, Oh, this is a neat thing you can do and you can build your house or turn it into a fucking castle or a fortress or whatever you want to do. Okay, cool. That's fine. I, I would be okay with that. The thing that irritated me so much that it's probably the biggest reason I stopped playing Fallout 4 was those goddamn settlers radioing me every like 10 minutes to just be like, hey, you need to come back to the settlements. Something's going on and we can't handle it. It's like, motherfucker, I, the reason I'm playing this game is to to live the fantasy of being this like lone wanderer in this like irradiated wasteland, not being fucking bothered every 10 minutes by what is essentially a phone. That's real life. I have that now. I don't need that in my game. I don't need some motherfucker calling me up constantly needing something like just leave me alone and let me explore the wasteland and, and kill, you know, radiation zombies and stack my inventory full of unnecessary shit like forks or whatever like 
that was the biggest reason that I liked Fallout 3 was that I could just run off into the wastes and just find things. Just the exploration. Um, that was what really sold that to me. And that's why I put so much time into that game. And I felt like Fallout 4 was actively trying to get me to not do that by constantly asking me to return back to this dumbass settlement to go solve these people's stupid problems. So yeah, that's, that's why it's at my number four. It, it was just, it was such a letdown from, from fallout three in new Vegas. You know, it's funny you say that because I, I kind of consider fallout died after two, but I understand a lot of you guys like first person shooters. Yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, I played, you know, fallout one and two back in the day. Um, but for some reason, I mean, this not to go too far off track, but they never quite clicked for me in the way that it did for a lot of people. It, it, I don't know. Mm. There were some things that it just felt like it was kind of hard to really get into those games. But Fallout 3 it. kind of took that and just, I don't know, it, it, it framed it in such a way that I was able to really just get like immersed in it. So to- totally understand. Totally understand. So for my number four, it's also technically a number four, depending on who you talk to. And before I say the name of the game uh, and people who've been you know, in our Discord, I say our Discord a lot, but yeah, it's important. You should go join it. You'll know what game it is if you've been following it for a long time, because I'm going to issue an apology to the Good, Bad, and the Backlog podcast, Adam Kieran. I'm so sorry because I used to give you shit for this all the time. I used to get joke to you and I did not understand why you said this game was bad. I thought that you were just being overly critical or you're just being too elitist or snobbish. Didn't like to play anime games. No, you were right. You were right. This game is incredibly mediocre. And that game is East Memories of Salsetta. Mm. I have been playing at the time of this recording. I've been playing East games for the better part of the past year and a half trying to play through all of them. I'm almost done right now. I'm getting my way through East 9. But East Memories of Salcedo was a game I was looking forward to because I had always been told this was a retelling of East 4, Mask of the Sun, which was comparative to East 4, Dawn of East. I'm not going to get into why there are two East 4s, now technically three. That's a whole entire different mess. But what I will say is this, is that the plot from both East 4, Dawn of East and East 4, Mask of the Sun is like infinitely better than what they gave you in East Memories of Salsetta. So I, I think like this disappointed is disappointment is more self-imposed because I was going into this game expecting the same plot, which I really did like from from the, those games, aforementioned games. Like, but Salsetta doesn't do that. It gives you characters that I just didn't care about. I didn't know these characters. I didn't care about these characters. I didn't care about the locations that the new locations that they gave me into the lore. I didn't like how they reimagined other characters uh, that were existing in those previous games and how they incorporated them into the new canon. I just, it was infuriating. The combat was relatively boring. Uh, there just wasn't a lot. The, the, the way they had you flow through the game and the how you got to towns and how you progress the the overall narrative and, and just getting through the game itself. It was just overly convoluted and I hated it. And now maybe if I went back now that I have a more of appreciation for what East 8 was doing because it has the party system and that was. So Seto was the first one in 07 was I think was the first one. 
and I, I got more used to it in seven. So maybe I could go back and not have as much disappointment, but I can, I swear to God, I, I went in this game thinking it was going to be great. And I, I told everyone that it was great without playing it sight unseen because I had heard it was really good. And it just, it was like drinking a warm flat soda on a really hot day when you were told it's cold. Mm. And that's that's the best way I can put it. It has all the flavor, but all of just the I hate myself because this is not a cold soda and it's flat. And that's East Memories of Salsetta. And I'm sorry, Adam. I'm sorry, Kieran, for giving you shit, especially Adam, because I gave you the most shit. You were right. This game is incredibly bland. Number three. Well, speaking of things that uh, didn't turn out the way that we wanted them to, my number three is Hellgate London. Hmm. I've talked about this at least a few times, I think, on the show at different occasions, probably whenever we were talking about Diablo, because they're sort of inextricably linked to one another. And if you know the history behind it, you know why. Uh, But yeah, uh, man, I, I still to this day, I'm just disappointed by how that whole thing turned out, because... It's such a cool premise. It really is. Like, I, I I have the novelizations of Hellgate London sitting over here on the shelf in my office. And uh, it's just, it's such a cool idea. Like, the fact that, you know, you have this, like, sort of this futuristic, uh, but also sort of post-apocalyptic London where it's not your typical, like, Mad Max sort of post-apocalypse but like you know you've got a mix of magic being a thing in the world but also demons hence the the hellgate thing and then also like basically power armor but paladins like they're like future pal they're like space paladins it's like you can play as a melee character space and you're essentially a a paladin, like a knight, but you're in a full suit of armor. That's like this super space age looking thing. And you get like these cool, badass, futuristic looking swords and whatever. And you play right alongside people who are like, you know, magic casters essentially, or like demon summoners or, you know, shit like that. And then of course you have the, you know, the, 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 dual wielding gun character um the edge lord as it were but uh it was just such a cool premise and it got wasted and they had such grand visions for this and i think that's that's part of what sunk them is that they were and i just realized that they were called flagship studios so no pun intended there but they they had this whole vision that's why it was called hellgate colon london because they were gonna do this and have like releases and expansions for different major cities all over the world where these hellgate rifts were opening up and you had to go and you know stop them and close the rifts and all this stuff and it was god if they could have pulled it off it would have been so cool it it was basically 3d diablo and uh even with all the warts that this game had and the extremely rough launch and and actually it didn't get all that much better uh, over time, but my friends and I played the shit out of this game because it was just super fun to play at co-op and I just really wish that it had been made by a developer that had the money and the resources 
to put the amount of time that was required to fully bake this idea and really get it out the door and also probably not try to build your own engine because that was a bad idea. That almost is never a good idea, but yeah, man. And then for it to like be this shell of its former self when it got bought out by Handbitsoft, which I believe is a Korean um, publisher and they turned it into this free to play garbage thing. It, it was it was an unceremonious end for what could have been a super kick ass like long term game and uh yeah i'm i'm still i'm still disappointed to this day so that's that's why it's at my number 3 all right my number 3 i'm going to keep it really short and sweet because the game itself isn't bad like you should go and track down and play this game it's a good game but uh, the, the version I played of it was really bad and it had been a long time since it came out. So I was very disappointed when I finally got my hands on it. And uh, that is Grandia 2 HD, the HD remaster. And that's because this game likes to crash. Uh, this was I played it on the Switch, by the way. That this, so if it doesn't do this in other versions, hey, whatever. But this is my experience on the Switch, which this game will crash if you boot it up and you play it like this only happened to me when I would load up a save after not playing it for a while. And I close the software and load it up. The first time you play after 10 minutes, the game would crash. And then after you boot it up after it crashed, played fine. But it would do that ritually. So, yeah, um, that's never fun. Uh, additionally, a lot of the textures in the movies, just they didn't up-res them like they did everything else. So you have these really low resolution movies, you no know, standing next to these like really high res up-res polygons and I was just I was so disappointed in that because I thought that if I have a new game well not a new game but an old game that's been brought to new software uh hardware I'm sorry brought to new hardware that this game should run conceivably flawlessly this is a Dreamcast game it was developed on a system that has somewhat simple architecture developed for and this this shouldn't be that hard to port. I understand why it was hard to get on the PS2 because the PS2 had like really difficult architecture from what I understand. I'm not a programmer, but when I, when I consider that now this is a modern consoles, maybe they lost the source code. Maybe they had a lot of difficulty, but it just seems like a really lazy port. I was very, I, I guess. Yeah. This is the theme disappointed in what I got. And uh, I mean, I'm happy I was able to play it. It exists, but go play this on your PS2 or dare I say, I mean, go play this on your Dreamcast. Holy shit. Or dare I say PS2, uh, because these HD remasters are only there if you have no other way to play these. Number two. All right. Well, we are moving into the, the final two for my for my list. It's about to get spicy. Yeah, I think. I think the spice, the spice cometh. Uh, but yeah, my number two mm. is Diablo three at launch. Wow. Specifically. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I need to qualify that Diablo three at launch. Uh, Diablo three as it exists today is actually a pretty solid action RPG. I think if it didn't have the Diablo name attached to it, people would have an even higher opinion of it um, because there's a lot of the weight of expectation that comes with something like the Diablo title. But uh, no, Diablo three at launch was a fucking travesty and I'm glad that they pulled it out of their ass and figured it out. Um, they 
I think solved a lot of those problems with the Reapers, Reaper of Souls expansion. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, Diablo three, good Lord. I mean, there's no way that you could have met the hype, right? Like the hype coming from Diablo two, the expectations were at a fever pitch and that kind of a thing you can never quite match. Uh, but I don't even think they got close with, with Diablo three when it first released. I mean, for the longest time, I was embarrassed that I had, or have, I should say, the Diablo 3 Collector's Edition. Um, I mean, it's a cool-looking box. It's all white and looks really neat and everything, but uh, I, I was embarrassed to have it because I was just like, oh, God, they fucked this up. Like, Diablo 3's shit. Like, they've ruined my favorite series. And there were a lot of issues that that made it, you know, such a disappointment when it first came out. I mean, Blizzard is always known for their kind of rocky launches. Like that's nothing that was unexpected. You know, we got the, the error codes. I can't remember what it was. I think error 83 or something like that. It was a meme for quite a while, but the errors of like, just not being able to log in at all. Um, but once you got past that, just the game itself felt half baked. Like it's like they didn't, test it well and it wasn't even the, like the gameplay was fine i mean blizzard is known for really two things like superb cg cutscenes and buttery smooth gameplay and they got both of those down uh but the the balance was atrocious and i know some people were super into it and to this day will defend the original implementation of the torment difficulties but they were stupid hard and there was there was no reason for it to be that overtuned and also and probably the bigger thing was the real money auction house now, I don't know if that's news to anybody that's listening to this because I feel like most people know about that. But then again, we live in this sort of bubble where we just think that everybody knows all this shit. But if for some reason you were not familiar with that, yeah, Diablo 3 had an auction house built into the game that used real actual money, your your hard-earned ducats to just straight up buy gear. Now, that in and of itself is god-awful but it also in, in an ARPG where it is centered on loot, this completely short circuits that entire gameplay loop because the whole thing that gets people sucked into a game like Diablo is that that loop of being like, okay, I'm leveling and I, I'm getting better gear and then I found this really sweet piece of gear and that just rocketed me up so now I'm kicking ass and then eventually that'll balance back out again and then I'm going to need to find better gear and so on and so on and so on. And so that's always the the, the carrot at the, on the stick, the treadmill, right, is always trying to get better loot for your character. And this just completely destroys that. And they had to balance the game around the expectation that people were just going to drop money to buy the best items to, to kit out their characters. And so people who didn't do that, i.e. me, got fucked because the game, like I said, was unnecessarily difficult the further you got in. Because if you didn't have like the best in slot gear, you were going to get fucking trounced. And so there were just so many bad decisions that went into Diablo three at launch that honestly, I'm surprised that it survived. If it wasn't blizzard, if it didn't have the legacy of Diablo one and two and blizzards 
then stellar reputation backing it up. If this was any other developer, it would have tanked and we probably would have never heard from them again. But, you know, they, they rode on, you know, that, that, uh, that notoriety, I guess, long enough to be able to actually get the thing fixed. And this isn't even going into the plot line. The plot of Diablo three is hot trash. That's never changed. Um, that's still fucking disappointing for the record. I'm, I'm, I don't know how, because it's supposed to be far enough in the future that it probably would be unrealistic, but there's still a small part of me that really wants them to just retcon that bullshit with Deckard Cain getting killed by that dumbass butterfly demon in Diablo four so that we can just fix that. Let's just pretend Diablo three never happened from a plot perspective because it's fucking atrocious. Um, but it's fun to play now. So, so there's that. <laughs> it's good now. It's good now. That's what counts. Okay. My, my number two is I think more of a victim from the massive amount of high praise that the game got before I finally got to it. So get your glass of milk ready, everybody, because this might be a little bit of a spicy one. Mm. My number two is Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. Oh, yes. I cannot stand this game. I never want to touch this game ever again. I'm keeping it in my collection because I never trade anything in, which is kind of a little bit of foreshadowing to my number one, and we'll get to that eventually. But when I'm what I'm talking about is my problems with this game is just the navigation, is the constant backtracking, is to getting anywhere that you need to go in this game. And maybe I missed something. Maybe you don't need to like needlessly navigate your way and do stupid performative bullshit every single time you want to get to any area of the map. Uh, maybe you don't need to do that. Uh, maybe you don't need uh, to fight every single inconsequential battle, which requires like almost strategic combat mapping every single time you do it, because like there's there's no real level up system to anything significant. The writing is fantastic, but it just doesn't save the game from just grueling tedium. And that's what I would put Paper Mario in the Thousand Year Door at. It's just repetitive, you know, monotonous tasking over and over and over again. And yes, like they that's not to say that they don't change the scenery up. But like when they have these little phases and little events, it's just to me, it just seemed like you have to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again until you got to the end of that segment. And it's just it bored me to tears. It I couldn't stand it. And I understand a lot of people love this game. I am not one of them. And your hype for this game. I blame you if you told me this game was good. I don't blame myself. There is. I am blameless. I am perfect. And it is your <laughs> fault. It is your fault. That I do not like this game. I just want you to know that. Do not look at me with incredulity. If I think I said that right. Maybe I slurred a little bit. But incredulity. There it is. Do not look at me and think that I did something wrong here. No, 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 no. Your hype failed me. <laughs> no, it's the kids failed that are wrong. me. I, I am always right when it comes to good and bad games. And this game is bad. Um, it is boring with fantastic writing and graphics, decent music, but it's just a boring game. All your fault. I, I, I am blameless and I will take no further questions. Thank you, Shane. <laughs> 
Number one. All right. Well, on that note, I don't think that this will be surprising to anyone, but uh, if it needs to be said, I would actually laugh my ass off if we somehow both picked the same thing. But uh, my my number one is it's just it's just Konami just in general. (laughs) Just all all of Konami, everything that has to do with Konami. (laughs) They're one big constant fucking disappointment. And the biggest thing for me is that they are holding hostage some of my favorite IPs and they refuse to let them out of their fucking death grip and let someone else who would actually do those IPs justice fucking take them over. Because heaven forbid we stop making motherfucking pachinko machines. I I can't I mean I don't there's not even much more that I have to say about it. Konami just fucking sucks. They're they they are a husk of their former selves. And they have been for a very long time. And, and the fact that they are just holding these fantastic intellectual properties essentially hostage so they can just milk them for cheap bucks in a fucking gambling hovel somewhere is it's just insulting it's it's frankly insulting and you know fortunately there are plenty of other people who have made things that are let's say spiritual successors or heavily inspired by uh you know a lot of these series that are more or less dead at this point but uh yeah, that it's just it's and I feel personally attacked because somehow I ended up liking a, a disproportionate number of Konami IPs and the fact that they the, made a lot of good ones, man. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that they're all effectively dead or or dying, it's just it's so sad. It's so sad and just completely infuriating. Um, so yeah, they absolutely deserve the number one spot on on everybody's list everybody should be disappointed in konami that that is what i'm saying like we've said it before because it's a meme and and you know you know jim stephanie sterling and what have you it's basically just a catchphrase at this point but there's a reason for it they fucking suck and they will continue to suck and hopefully at some point, I, I wish they would just go bankrupt or some shit so that they would just have to sell off their IPs and hopefully someone with, you know, some shred of dignity would actually pick them up and do something worthwhile. But until that day, fuck Konami. Yes, fuck Konami. I agree. 100% agree. Uh, but my number one is not Konami. I think you made a fantastic pick for what it's worth. That is a that is a glorious pick. Well, thank you. Konami deserves all of the hate, even more than Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. <laughs> but I am going to discuss a game that deserves more hate than possibly Konami, in my opinion. This is a game that I actively pre-ordered. I look forward to. I don't pre-order a lot of games. I still don't. In fact, this is one of the games that has really convinced me not to pre-order. This is a game that I bought. One of the first games I bought and looked forward to after joining the military. It was from a series that was near and dear to my heart. It was for my new system, the DS, and I couldn't believe that the series was finally getting a sequel, 
And I hate to bring this game up because I have said repeatedly in the past that this game does not exist. But for the sake of this episode, you're in for a treat. I'm acknowledging this game for the whopping three to five minutes I'm going to talk about it. And it's called Lunar <laughs> Dragon Song. This game is awful. Fuck this game. Who comes up with a, a design concept that when you're fighting the enemies, you can either choose to get experience points or money. You don't get both. You have to choose. Oh, and while running around the world map, if you want to run instead of walk, you lose hit points <laughs> because that's what it costs to run. The entire setup of this game, which doesn't even remotely, in my opinion, in any meaningful way in like the opening two hours, because by that point I was done. I think I actually put like five hours into the fucking game. I put like enough to make the determination. This is hot, hot trash. Does it connect to anything remotely resembling Lunar 1 or 2? It just says it does. It just says... Hey, fanboys, we made a game for you to come over and purchase. And it's part of this. It's part of this continuation. You remember your childhood and how much fun you had with the Sega CD and the working designs and everything. But we're Ubisoft and we're going to bring over this game and you're just going to love it. And you know what? Don't love it. Don't play it. And that's all my acknowledgement. That's all the acknowledgement I'm going to be giving to this game. It does not exist. It never existed. If you find a copy, burn it. I don't <laughs> care. Fuck game preservation. This completely tanked a series, which has enough problem getting traction in the West as it is, that you don't need this game to exist. It, it needs to be thrown into the black hole. It needs to exist in the ether. It needs to be just shoved into whatever depository you put things in simulation theory into so that can be erased out of my existence. It, 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 what I consider existence. Because you know what? At least with Twisted Metal 3, I can forget about it. I can forget about the disappointment because Twisted Metal 2 was right there and Twisted Metal Black exists, so that's always a good thing. But we haven't had a single new unique story in the series since this w disaster of an attempt. So, yes, in terms of the narrative, in terms of the beautiful overarching story that is the two lunar games, it's completely submarine by this flaming dumpster file, dumpster fire rat pile of cow shit. Yes, I'm including rats and cows. Wow. Because fuck it. Fuck this massive. You already said it. I already said it. Fuck this game. Fuck Lunar Dragon Song. Biggest biggest gaming disappointment. The first game, first game I have ever gone back to GameStop and said, get this away from me. <laughs> this is the first game I have ever sold in my entire life. And the only other game I could remember turning back into GameStop, and I actually didn't because it's cursed, is Final Fantasy X 2. But this is the first one out of two games, two games that I've looked to trade back in my entire life. Fuck you, Lunar Dragon Song. I am I am thoroughly surprised that Mighty Number no. 9 did not make your list somewhere. Haven't haven't played it. Haven't played it. I thought you I thought you backed it. 
No, I didn't. I didn't back it. Oh. Somehow I have three copies of it. I don't know how. <laughs> well, I guess that, uh, that wraps that up then. So there you go. I mean, are there more disappointments? Sure. Yeah, there, there have been plenty. I mean, had I actually played Spore, you can bet your ass that would have made the list because Probably. that was a huge disappointment to basically everyone. I mean, you can make dick monsters. So there is that. It can't be that. Yeah, it's probably the one saving grace, actually. But, uh, but yeah, there there were plenty of them. But I think you know that our perfect dark zero. That's another one. Almost made my list, but but didn't. Um, but yeah, suffice to say, you know, with the with the the glut of games that we've had over the decades, uh, the the chances of there being a lot of disappointments are pretty high. Pretty high. So you know what? If you ever want to hear more of these, you can uh, you can suggest that maybe a you know, gaming disappointments part two or something. And in order to do that, you got to become a patron. And how, how would you do that? You ask. And I'm glad that you did because I can tell you that is by heading over to our link tree, link tree slash retro hangover. It's all there. The Patreon is there. The merch store is there. Our, our socials are there. The YouTube and the Twitch, they're there everything in one convenient spot. So, uh, please go, go check that out. And, uh, and and speaking of that, um, Twitch, we do that every so often, maybe, maybe even once a week. Uh, Chris, Mm. what, what do we, what do we do? What do we do there? So if you head over to twitch.tv slash retro hangover, see, I got the deep voice again. I'm back, baby. The balls have returned. You got the balls have returned. I'm pogo balling. <laughs> if you head over to twitch.tv slash retro hangover on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern time, you can see us stream some game. I don't know what that game might be. Could be a spoopy game. Could be a random game that makes me pissed off. And that doesn't take much, to be honest with you at this point in my life. So just head over once again to twitch.tv slash retro hangover on Sundays at 9 p.m. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Head on over there. 9 p.m. Eastern time at twitch.tv slash retro hangover. Back to you, Shane. All right. Well, I I don't think I have any more that I could possibly add to that. So uh, I suppose until next time. Play with your micro penis joysticks.